How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to a special edition of WWL Sports Talk. We live at Rouse's Market, 701 Barone Street in the CBD. Come on by and visit us. Our program is brought to you by Evermore Water. So shop Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of the Saints for New Year's and also all your bowl game parties. So, and we've started out from Thursday on through now, all these football games, college football, tomorrow the NFL, and then certainly Monday, a host of college football, Saints, um, certainly tomorrow, but LSU and Tulane Monday, and then what a Monday night football game. And that one is scheduled basically Way ahead of time, but Bob, you talk about a setup. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you look at it, um, it seems like, you know, it's cyclical. Uh, who's really relevant, AFC, NFC? Mike, when you look at, um, I guess, beside the Eagles, uh, the, the 49ers would be that one team that uh, you look at the team. Because it's yeah. a magical and, run and, 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 and you with don't, Brock Purdy. And, and, and you don't look at the quarterback. Right. Okay, because you look at, like, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Okay, so you can see they have a great team and the quarterback. And you look at the Bills with Josh Allen. Uh, you look at the Bengals. Uh, oh, excuse me, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cin- yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, 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 Joe Burrow. In Cincinnati. And, and then you look at uh, Pat Mahomes. But the only team that is truly, uh, I think Vegas even views this as relevant, that doesn't have that franchise quarterback, but it doesn't matter because they think the team's so good is the 49ers. Now, you look at Dak Prescott, can you trust him? You know, as of late, the one thing like Thursday night, it seems like you can count on Dak Prescott throwing two interceptions a game. They play up and down to the level of the Titans aren't very good. I mean, they really weren't. Now, I give Josh Dobbs a lot of credit. It's difficult, and you know it as well as anybody, to play that position. You didn't have a lot of time. He came in there, did a solid job uh, for, man, for the time. But, man, again, Dallas is so mercurial. What you going to catch out of them from week to week? Yeah, yeah. If you look, uh, that's why I think even Dallas fans don't trust their own team. Because, Mike, they've gotten burned before. And that is, oh, this might be our year, but it might not. Uh, Mike, I'm I'm telling you, until it actually happens, uh, I don't think uh, they necessarily – uh, uh, trust their head coach. I think at times they trust Dak Prescott. I, I think uh, the same thing with their defense. They just don't know. They know they're in the hunt, but they're not braggadocious because they're scared that all of a sudden, wouldn't this be a travesty? I don't know what's going to happen between, because I think in the driver's seat in the NFC South is Tampa Bay or Carolina. 
Think about this. If Carolina beats Tampa Bay, Mike, that game might get flexed uh, to late Sunday afternoon next week, not because of the Saints. Because, because of Carolina. Carolina. It's Saints, relevant. Because uh, if Carolina beat the Saints and they all of a sudden representing the NFC South uh, without a, with a new head coach, coach, and they get rid of Christian McCaffrey, a household name. And no, Steve no. Wilkes has done all and, of this. Yes. And, and so the, the, the point being with that, though, is that can you imagine if that be a scenario uh, that Dallas, they got to go on the road, whether it be Tampa Bay or Carolina, Mike, they better win. You, you can't choke like that. What? Because if they wouldn't win, Mike, they would be like the negative people that look at the glass half full, instead, I mean half empty instead of half full. You see, you see, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, you know, so they, they and, still were. And the Bucks would play Atlanta. Right, right, right. Man, yeah, Atlanta yeah. was, man, oh, what, if we win this game, the Saints would get in? Eh, I'm not real sure about all that. Yeah, I, 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 I think right now. Uh, if the Saints would beat the Eagles, well, put it yeah, to you yeah, that If way. we beat the Eagles, then tomorrow uh, Carolina's playing Tampa Bay, and some people might say, uh, look, Carolina's trending more in the right direction now. Yes. Uh, what, Carolina beat Tampa Bay early this year, like 21-3. And, Mike, they have one of the best defensive players in the National Football League in uh, Burns. Brian Burns, yeah, right? Yeah, Brian's an outstanding uh, guy. Not just a Pro Bowl, but like an all-pro all pro. player. Look, the Rams offered two first-round pick Burns and extra. Whoa. And they turned it down. So, oh, no, 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 we're not dealing him off. <laughs> and so it goes to show you. But So, Mike, was he that good at Florida State? I mean, he I'm was like, pretty doggone good. So he's lived up to expectations. He's lived up to expectations. 55 years ago today, you know what happened? 55 years, no. Uh, ice Bowl. Oh, uh, that between the Packers and the Cowgirls. The yeah, Bart Starr. Um, you know, Don Meredith. Don Meredith. Uh, Dan Reeves, you know, uh, you remember him, the coach of the Broncos, coached Atlanta when they lost in the Super Bowl to Denver. He, I remember he caught a long pass in that game from Don Meredith. No, Dan actually threw the pass oh, to Lance Rinsel. That's right, he threw it. Um, yeah. uh, it was a halfback pass. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Don said, I, I called the play because it came to me. And Reeves was like, are you sure they want me to throw it? In these conditions? And, and he's like, hey, listen, that's the play call, Dan. Hey, we practice it. Go ahead and throw it. And he said Lance Rinsel was wide open. He threw it. He said the only thing bad about that game. Bob Hayes, and if you watch the replay of it, he played the entire game with his hands stuck in the front of his pants. You know, like Al Bundy used to do, always stick that one yeah, hand. Yeah, well, Bob played it with both. Man, he was running routes with both hands stuck in his pants. He's worried about getting frostbite. Man, <laughs> man, it was that cold. But, man, that, that, that was an unbelievable game. And how the Packers won it late, that late drive to win it. And in that final play, uh, Jerry Kramer. The quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneak, unbelievable that, and uh, Jerry always says, ah, I wasn't offside, but I might have been a fraction early. Yeah, <laughs> I might have been a fraction early. Boy, I, I remember uh, fucking, I was either in second or third grade, and and, uh, and the reason why I was a Packers fan then, because, um, you know, my dad, he liked any professional team that had LSU players. Oh, Jimmy and Taylor? And because of Jimmy Taylor, and I remember, uh, I've always hated Dallas. I even hated Dallas uh, later on. But uh, because of the LSU connection there, you know, with Jimmy Taylor, actually, uh, I had a headache so bad. You think, oh, you're too young to have a headache. Like a mi- It felt like a migraine <laughs> at seven, eight years old. I was so stressed. And then, uh, you know, then Green Bay came out on top and won that game. Uh, I just did. They asked me for the five most influential players of the 60s. Now, again, 
I probably wasn't the best one to ask because I, I saw a little bit of the late 60s, but I didn't see the early yeah, yeah, 60s. Yeah. Um, and I put Jimmy Taylor on that. He was one of the five, I think, most influential players of the 1960s for the NFL. And then, Mike, when he came to the Saints, it was just oh, He was kinda, shot. Well, he yeah. couldn't play no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he got paid. Well, well, he Man, got, he did got he get paid. paid. And, and you're talking about continuing your career. I, I'm going to segue into this. Did you see uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? You know, he, he let it down uh, with Portugal. He wanted to win that World Cup. It didn't happen. But he just uh, completed a lucrative move uh, to the Saudi Arabian club, Good Al Nassar. Now, it's a groundbreaking deal for uh, Middle Eastern soccer, to say the least. Uh, the, cl the club, that being Al uh, Nassar, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, the signing is history in the making. And they go on to say, the club says, this is a signing that will only inspire our club to achieve even greater success, but inspire our league, our nation, and future generations, boys and girls, to be the best version of themselves. Uh, that's what the club wrote. Uh, and so he's going to Saudi Arabia, and he's getting paid. 37-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo, to say the least, a massive payday. That's probably going to be his final contract of his career. Like yeah. I said, he's 37. The media has reported the claim that Portugal star Cristiano Ronaldo could be earning up to $200 million a year from the deal. Okay. Not like, Mike, $200 million a year, and he's just like a figurehead. He's almost like Beckham. You ever been there like Beckham yep. coming to the States from England? But getting paid $200 million a year. You don't think the Saudi Arabians got so much damn money? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and you look at and Qatar and all what happened, uh, you know, to support the, the sport, uh, soccer or football. But uh, he's earning up to $200 million a year from the deal to play in Saudi Arabia. Bob, think of this. So Bryce Young today in a game he didn't have to play in. He's 15 of 21, 321 yards, five touchdowns. Well, uh, he's lived up. He's, he, <laughs> Man, listen, if anybody want to try to con you yep. that another quarterback in this 2023 draft class is better than Bryce Young, they conning you. It is Bryce Young. Well, well, it is Bryce. Well, Mike, based on but this. But they'll have some out there, I'm telling you. Hey, so based on this performance, and you know, what have you done for me lately? Does he even have to do anything uh, for the combine or the pro day, or he has enough skins on the wall that it doesn't well, matter. Well, he'll go take the physical. Yeah, I mean the physical. And he'll go to the one-on-ones. It'll be up to him if he wants to throw it. But knot. he probably won't. I mean, he doesn't. I, I, he doesn't the, really have to. Yeah, I would it, do my individual day, and that's it. If you do it yeah. at Alabama. So you think he could do an individual yeah. day to, to solidify being that number one overall Yeah, because pick. I think the three at the top for me, and it is pretty clear cut, and it's Bryce, Jalen Carter, certainly from Georgia, who right. I think is – an unbelievable talent that defense. No, Mike. How do you view him, like as a D tackle? And he's a D guy? tackle. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, top five for sure. Oh, he's a but, top but, three. Top, okay, compared to maybe, uh, you know, because everybody always compares. Who would be the liking of him right now in the NFL? Or is there well, someone it was like the guy that? that came out with the first pick last year that went to Jacksonville? They're very similar. So very similar. Very very similar. And okay. Will Anderson too. From okay. University but, of Alabama. But he's more of the edge. Yeah, right? he's a 3 4 outside yeah, yeah. linebacker. You could put him with his hand in the dirt, too. But, man, um, again, if I'm Houston and I need a quarterback, man, if somebody cons them into picking anybody else other than Bryce Young, you don't know what you're talking about. You have absolutely no clue, none. Because uh, Bryce Young is the guy. Uh, and I think 
So I, I have a question for you. Now, now we don't know because this is looking at your crystal ball. We're all speculating. Who do you think, let's say, five, six years from now, who will have a better career, Bryce Young or, or, or Caleb? Well, uh, t tell me where uh, Caleb's uh, going to end up and tell me where Bryce. Uh, if Bryce ends cast. up with Houston, uh, that supporting cast might not be too great. But that, that's why you got to give credit right now. The coaching comes into play. Because, uh, Mike, he didn't start out too hot. Look at Jacksonville. Uh, right, what happened. And, and, yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And, and look what Doug Peterson, the difference that made for him. Look right now, they're on the cusp of going to the playoffs. Look I at think the, they're going to get in. They, they control their own destiny. I think they, they just beat. They beat. The, right, right. <laughs> they beat the Titans. They in. No, no, they, they, yeah, they got to beat the Titans. Exactly. And uh, so, uh, Tennessee is just in free fall right now. Uh, just in free fall. And the quarterback situation isn't good. Jacksonville's got the overwhelming advantage with Trevor running the show there. And they got some other pieces around him. They really do. They're starting to. And, again, I got a lot of respect for Doug Peterson as a coach. Really, really do. I thought he was caught in a bad situation well, in Philly. Uh, all I know is uh, how many people can say this on their resume, potential, what you achieved. Uh, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, Mike, that didn't happen. That wasn't like, oh, no, 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 he won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. You don't think the Eagles fans appreciate Doug Peterson? Now, he's not there no more, but I still think they appreciate him and Nick Foles, right? No, no, no question Look about at Nick Foles. Come the on. one thing Coach Rod always tells him, I coached against them in a, in a playoff game yes. in high school. When we he was, won. When he was at, Cal St. He was at, at St. James. And, and the Calvary Baptist was yep. Peterson, right? St. James ended up beating him. So uh, we'll be back with more sports talk. Live from Rouse's 701 Barone in the CBD, brought to you by Evermore. Shop Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of the Saints for New Year's and all your bowl game parties. And Matty Hudak covering the Tulane Greenway will be on with us to talk about Tulane right after this break on the Big 870. Welcome back to our special edition of Sports Talk here on the Big 870. We live at Rouse's Markets, 701 Barone in the CBD, brought to you by Evermore. Shop Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of the New Orleans Saints. And uh, come by and shop for all your New Year's Eve party or New Year's Day celebrations right here at Rouse's. On our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line, um, and she's live and direct. Uh, covering the Tulane Green Wave, Maddie Hudak. Maddie, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I kind of have no idea what day it is or uh, what day of the week it is in football terms anymore, but it's been a blast down in Arlington. Maddie, um, Bob and I have talked about this and we spoke about it during the show, uh, where so much has been brought up about the Tulane running game and certainly with Tajay Spears and what he's done. You've got to see it being the sideline reporter for Tulane on how they ran that offense. I think Monday, early, late Monday morning and into the afternoon, I think a lot of it is going to fall on the shoulders of Michael Pratt because um, I think he is on a hot roll right now. You're going up against the best player in college football in Caleb Williams, and I think this is Michael Pratt's coming out party in a lot of ways to the nation. Oh, 100%. And, and you kind of got in the fact, again, that, you know, he's getting another chance at, at the Oklahoma head coach from last year, Lincoln Riley, and, and their defensive coordinator for that matter, where, you know, Tulane almost beat them. And then who knows what conversation we'd be having right yeah. now. But it is just kind of personal in a way. And, 
I think, too, just the team as a whole, having this sense where, you know, for USC, it might feel like, okay, you know, they had playoff aspirations and that this is kind of a letdown. But I think this is really the stage that Tulane has kind of deservedly garnered with their play this season. And to finally get that on a national stage, I think it is, again, a prime set for, you know, a game that, like you said, there's a lot of talk about the run game, but when you're dueling the Heisman winner, you better be able to win it in the air. So, Maddie, uh, do you feel like or, or do you tell everybody the reason why Tulane has had a magical season because they put you on the sideline? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. Come on, I, it, it, because I know Gus can get when he was on the sideline. Tulane didn't it wasn't winning that, so give yeah, that yeah, to Gus yeah, next yeah, time yeah, you yeah. see Yeah, so I was saying, I, I think if, uh, Maddie was the winning formula. <laughs> My only uh, caveat I'd say is that I, my first season was technically last year, so it, it's really been um, two bookends for the books, to say the least. So I'm not sure. Yeah, like, 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 like a famine or feast now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's not verse vice. <laughs> Maddie, a, a little bit about Tulane uh, defensively, because, you know, you're so impressed with, with Nick Anderson, Dorian Williams. I mean, it seems as though almost every play, one of those two guys are coming up with a big play. And, and Dorian got, is not going to get an opportunity. He's going to go play in the senior bowling mobile. Uh, Nick Anderson also is going to have a shot to play in the NFL. He's not the biggest linebacker around, but his ability to flow and his instincts to the football are so good. Uh, a little bit about Dorian and Nick and what they have meant to this defense, who other than one game, now, Plumley, he was who he was that game, uh, and he was. But those two guys have been the two leaders on this defense that has really carried a lot of weight for the Tulane football team. Oh, no question. I mean, we call them one-two punch networks because that's their numbers. But to have, like, a tandem like that, it, it almost feels kind of like an NFL-type luxury where you have, you like you said, kind of the size and the uh, – really straight-line speed ability of Dorian Williams' ability to get to the quarterback. And I think he nailed it on the head with Nick Anderson, just his instincts, his football IQ. That's what stands out so much to me. Really, for both of them, you know, they play almost every snap, impact almost every snap. They are the second level of that defense, and they really are the heart and leadership of that defense as well. You know, when in that UCF regular season loss, for example, I was more impressed by the fact that they stayed – mentally in it towards the end of the game and that was really by an effort of those two players but they have such complementary skill sets they just have the ability to find the football get in the backfield and even if they're not making sacks they have affected quarterbacks in three-man rushes with them kind of blitzing from the back so really just a, a joy to watch I'm a defense person so I can talk about each level all day but you couldn't ask for better people or players than, than Dorian and Nick as that one-two punch. Now, uh, you know, Matty, uh, what is your take on what's going to happen in the game? Do you think it will be a shootout? Uh, the reason why I bring that up, and I'll look at the sample size or what have you done for me lately. I'm looking at the final seven games, uh, two lanes averaging like 39 points a game, basically. And in that same time uh, span, or the same uh, game span, so to speak, uh, that uh, USC is averaging 42. So that's pretty close. That's like... You know, 42 to 39, that'd be very entertaining. Do you see we'll have, you think we'll have that kind of game, like whoever has the ball last might win, or, or what is your take on that? Well, what do you consider, too, what their, their turnover ratio is for them? I think they've forced 28 turnovers on the season and only turned the ball over six times. So that's a 
almost astonishing That's a big turnover. Difference. Yeah, exactly. So they protect the football, and in those types of games, it really does kind of come down to that last possession. So, yeah, I could see this kind of going either way in a non-answer type fashion where I know Tulane's philosophy is to run the ball. When you have someone like Tajay Spears, you know, you design your offense around Tajay Spears, but a lot of games, especially late in the year, for example, against SMU, that was such a high-powered offensive game in the air. And then in Cincinnati, there were few and far between, but when the passes needed to be made, Michael Pratt is just a really great executor, especially in those kind of critical moments like fourth quarters when he needs to make a comeback and lead a game-winning drive. And so we've seen so many elements of this offense all season that, quite honestly, I, I think it'll probably be a mix of all of that likely coming down to, again, that that deal in the air probably in the fourth quarter. Matty, uh, I lived next to a former NFL coach for, for quite some time, and he always used to tell me games like this where it's really, I think, closely matched. It comes down to one element. Who wins on special teams? Who makes the big play there? Uh, who misses the kick? Who comes up with the big run back? Is there a block? Is there a fumble there? Uh, that really is going to make a difference. And I think it is both teams and the opt-outs for USC with their best offensive lineman, their best receiver, uh, other people maybe up making a business decision that for Tulane to win, they got to win on special teams. I think that becomes maybe the tip point for them one way or another. You just look at the Southern Miss loss earlier this season and the fact that it was a three-point loss, but you had a blocked field goal, a blocked punt, and a missed field goal. And so that was really a breakdown on special teams that you could point to a lot of factors in that game. But quite frankly, you know, that's at least overtime uh, if one of those two field goals is is made. So absolutely, you know, Valentino Ambrosio, this is his first year as two-inch kicker. He came over from Rutgers, and he just seems to have such – psychological calmness and really seems to understand how like, it's very just self-aware of really the mentality of being a kicker and not taking for granted the fact that we are in Jerry's world where I don't think they'll be retracting the roof, but <laughs> to have that calm stillness, you just know that it's you and the ball and, you know, they're all former soccer players. Talk to them a lot about that where every kick he knows he should make as long as he doesn't get two in his head. So, just to have that type of awareness. And then, you know, Casey Glover, he kicked, I believe, four successful onside kicks last year um, more, you know, out of need. But he stepped into a role where Ryan Wright, who was our puncher last season, is at this point excelling in the NFL. And yep. he, he's done extremely well in, in, in just this season. And they just seem to have such a, a bond back there on special teams. They brought in a new uh, position coach, Bobby Disher, and, and just the attention paid to every single punt return you see guys like Jaquan Jackson and Lawrence Keyes also making such a difference on special teams as well. So, yeah, it, it really could also be one of those big returns that is the difference maker. Now, uh, you know, Matty, are you in Dallas yet? Are you still in New Orleans? And um, are, you, are you still in New Orleans or are, are you already in Dallas? Uh, I'm in Dallas. I, I actually was home oh, okay. for holidays and I, I came in on Wednesday. Okay. Oh, so you've been there a while. What do you think? <laughs> As far as the support, I mean, come on, you're in the Cotton Bowl. If I can recall, what, 1933, you look at Tulane and and the Rose Bowl and all that. uh, Come on, this doesn't happen every decade. So when you look at this, how do you think the support from the Tulane alumni fan fan base, because it is nationwide, it's always been people that go to Tulane, a big 
uh, the Northeast uh, population that come to school here. So will they show up in Dallas? How do you think uh, they'll represent the Green Wave as far as uh, you, could, you could be right there on the sideline and when you look up, are the Tulane fans are going to be there to support the Wave? What's your take on that? I think that people will be surprised at, at the turnout, quite honestly, because, I mean, you just think about the championship game, and, yes, it, it, it's a completely different capacity at Yeoman Stadium, but that type of fan engagement and local community love for this team really has not been there in this century, quite honestly. I know right. that a lot yeah. of the 1998 players are coming down. Sean King is coming down here. A lot of former players are making that trip, and this is their most important bowl game in 83 years. So if you're a Tulane oh. fan at all, <laughs> You probably had grandchildren. You might have been there for the first game, but you're way too young to remember it. It reminds me of when the Saints went to the Super Bowl, and everyone, you know, my, my family all books like New Orleans because they figured this was probably once in their lifetime. And I think that feeling permeates a lot of the Tulane fan base, and this is really the, the most important that football has felt to the university, I think, since that 1998 team, and really bridging the gap with the community and, and really the university and just overall engagement, student section engagement, um, it, it's a drivable distance, so I do think they have that edge just from geographical proximity alone. I know that, you know, I went to Tulane. I know a lot of them hail from the Northeast, but yeah, I think that we'll be a little surprised at the local turnout here that comes down to Dallas. And it's, it's really fun to be down here, so if anyone's on the fence, that would be my pitch to go. Now, uh, you know, Maddie, when you look at uh, you so close to the program and uh, Coach Fritz, I mean, he to me, he should have got votes. Definitely uh, coach of the year. We look at Coach Dykes and obviously in the final four with TCU. But you look at Coach Fritz and how Tulane and where they're at. Um, when you look how the game has changed, where do you think Tulane's at? Uh, I think they've been on top of the transfer portal. But where are they at when you, the combination of name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal under Coach Fritz going forward? Do they have the groundwork established? to be able to have that sustained success? Maddie, the other uh, thing, yes. too, is not losing your coordinators. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Coach Fritz, man, a lot of people don't realize this. He had to get rid of some guys on that staff last year that were really close to him. And sometimes difficult for a head coach. But he certainly made the right choices uh, running his offense and defense. That, that he did. I mean, it's almost a complete overhaul, say, for, you know, Coach Slade Nagel, uh, the coordinator, Chris Hampton, J.J. McCleskey, a few of the position group coaches, like you said, especially when it's guys that you've worked with for a long time to make such a swift and decisive. I really think it set the tone for, you know, this was not acceptable, um, you know, from, from our perspective as well, and this is what we're doing to change things. They put them in a position to succeed, to go back to the coach of the year thing. To me, if you ask me what a great coach is all about, I don't know what more you could ask for than a guy like Willie Fritz who – the year of two and ten was also the year that NIL started. That the transfer portal lost, a, you know, a lot of right. everything kind of became a free for all. And so, for all of those players to say, "Yeah, we're going to actually stick here," you know, at a G five school. Some of them definitely could have probably gone on to P five. I know there were offers in that aspect again in the transfer portal, and everyone saw the greener pastures as the home that they were already at. And I think that the NIL, the Fear of the Wave Collective, and really the university and Willie Fritz's embracing of NIL, you know, I think schools that are trying to kind of spar with it are going to learn the hard way that they'll just get left behind and that, you know, you either have to get with NIL or you're going to lose prospects. And 
I think that they really have that understood, that they have a really good entrenchment in the local community and the organizations that they partnership, that they partner here. So, you know, again, the community actually gets something out of what these players are doing and they're able, you know, to, to make that type of money while also doing good in their community. So uh, there, I think there's a lot of that to be said all around. And Willie Frick has nailed the transfer portal. I think you see especially these older guys who uh, especially guys like Lawrence Keys, for example, who played at Notre Dame, who said Willie Fritz recruited him out of high school. He always remembered him because he's a local guy. And it's been such a nice thing to have his family be able to come to every game this season. And those things seem small, but when you're down on a depth chart out in, in, in Indiana and you could transfer, be local, and have a chance to compete, I think that Willie Fritz is very straight up with guys. And I, I just think that, again, the grad transfers that you see in that portal, Tulane has an edge in that aspect of a Tulane degree, especially a graduate degree, is worth serious consideration when you consider that there, you know, is a, a very large chance a lot of these guys aren't going to go on to the NFL. So to have that type of degree and have that edge, I just think they really see the big picture here and are starting to kind of put those pieces all together, use it to their advantage and have a hell of a season along with it. Matty, I think one of the things that jumped out of me on signing day, Tulane signing three players from Destrahan. I got a few more calendar years than you. I don't ever remember three players from sort of my neck of the woods. They, that was a great Destrahan team, not a good one, a great one for the Wildcats. And they were able to get three. In the past, those three guys would have went somewhere else. They'd have been out of state kids. They might have went to the U or something. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and Reed. And now all of a sudden, you know, Tulane's able not to grab one, not two, but three guys from Destrahan. That, to me, shows me Willie Fritz's ability to recruit outside of New Orleans and maybe from the George area and stuff like that. But to get three kids from Destrahan, and I know who were recruiting them, uh, was a big feather in his cap. I could not agree with you more. That was the first thing that stuck out to me. And, and it wasn't just that. It was that 12 of the 24 signees were from Louisiana in general. And like you said, Jesterhan itself has been a place that – Tulane hasn't been the winner in a long time. It's, it's, it's been a very kind of bizarre reality to live in where, you know, there are head coach places are trying to hire him and, you know, he stays. And, and it just feels like all these kind of good things are all happening in that aspect. And that also just kind of feels like one of them. Maddie, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it and uh, continue doing a great job. And we, uh, we enjoy your work and, uh, uh, Bring home a W for Tulane. That I will. Thank you guys for having me. This was great. Roll right. away. Thanks, Matty. Thanks so much. Matty Hudat, who's a sideline reporter for I'll, the I'll Tulane thought, Green it, Wave. You know, I don't know if Matty ever knew this. I thought, okay, I first met her whatever. I don't know. We Everybody's talking fast. I thought, what, that can't be her real name, Matty Hudat. But it's Hudak. Hudak. I, I I thought it was like, I don't know. That's Not cool, Hudak. Because you got Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abraham. So I said, maybe, I don't know. It's Maddie Hudak. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I no, it's her last name. It's Hudak. Hudak. I was like, no, I, I learned something every year. There like, you what? go. You got to say your K's and your T's. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah, Hudak, Hudak. I mean, like, what the, I'm like, so yeah. thank you, Maddie. We <laughs> really, right, Maddie. We really do appreciate it. We'll be back with more sports talk here live from Rouse's on Barone oh, in the CBD Mike, I, I told right you about, after I told this you break. About TCU. Man, and my oh, boy, oh, 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 uh, oh, oh, Sonny Dyke, 7 to nothing now. 
They, but they got a shot. Me, you told me TCU had no chance. No, I, I did not come think on. they would win this game. Yeah, no, I, I did I, not no, think it. be interesting to see. We're going to talk about this when we come back. Now, I, I think the winner of the Ohio State uh, Georgia, Georgia game, game wins it all. Yeah, uh, yeah but I, I don't know. The, 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 the Sonny Dykes. No, he, he, he got them on their heels. They got Michigan he got them on, Michigan on, the on their right heels now. a little bit. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. We're back here on a special edition of WWL Sports Talk Live at Rouse's Market, 701 Barone in the CBD, brought to you by Evermore Water. Shop Rouse's Markets, the official supermarket of the Saints for New Year's and also bowl game parties. Bobby's technology is so great. You can take that Odyssey app and listen to games all across the, the, the world, so to speak, sports-wise. And we sitting here watching TCU Michigan. And, and oh, it's oh. 14 to nothing. Hold on. Hey, I, hey, I, hey. I just got a text uh, from um, – oh, oh, look at that big play by TCU. One of, one of Sonny's closest friends that were like, Mike, I can't believe it. It is 14 to nothing. It's TCU really, beating well, Michigan. It's well, still early. Well, and, and a lot of people were like, well, I could care less about TCU or Michigan. But you know what they care about? They have seven and a half points. So it's now <laughs> so it's a gambling. It's twenty-one and a half <laughs> to zero. Mike, come on. If you if you had a little coin on this game, no, you and you took the points. And, a half and you took uh, the to points. Zero? I mean, come on. But not I mean, a lot. Like, not a lot of people were I'm taking the points the, the in horn, TCU. The Horn Frogs. I, I did. I did. Mike, you, you did. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I, I did. I like Sunny Dykes. Man, I, I like him too. Sonny and I go back a long way. But, like, Sonny, if you I, were listening, I, I would like, tell you, no, I wouldn't have put a nickel on you today. I, I like people <laughs> who maybe uh, want to have a cocktail or two and hang out. Uh, three or four. Uh, versus I'm going to bed uh, before 8 o'clock. Well, like with Harbaugh. He ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so give me Sonny Dykes. That's who I want to hang with. So and go, Sonny, go, go Horn Frogs. And, and Sonny wants to recruit more in Louisiana. Him and I have had that talk that he would like to recruit more, even though, you know, where he's oh, at, oh, they got players. You know who had the transfer portal? Uh, and he's, he was diehard LSU as the, the receiver. Uh, uh, Jack Besh. Jack Besh. And is uh, now going to be playing for the TCU Horn Frogs next year. And if somebody makes a move at quarterback, uh, not that I know anything, uh, oh, oh, but yeah, yeah, Nussmeyer yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, would that, be the type of guy Sonny would like. He yes. takes chances. Uh, oh. He's a gunslinger. That's exactly what Sonny would love in a quarterback. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Garrett uh, and his decision over the next couple days because I think, Bob, he be, sort of becomes odd man out. Uh, they they want to do everything to keep Walker Howard. Yeah. Uh, they got the young and you Collins. Can't keep, you can't keep, can't everybody, keep everybody happy. You can't keep and, everybody no. can't everybody happy. No, it's just uh, what's going to come about. And Garrett thinks – I think he – in his mind, he could go to USC and compete and maybe beat out Caleb Williams. I mean, that's how confident he is. Well, you can't be delusional. You can be confident, <laughs> but you can't be delusional. Nobody's smart enough. Yeah, yeah, and his dad's not, ties. Not, not, not Caleb Williams. Come and, on. But his dad's ties to that area and with Sonny. Oh, no, no, no that would make sense. No, no. I'm just telling you. I'm just thinking this out. But not USC. I mean, no, no, no. I, I, no, you were joking. I, I, I'm just kind of stretching oh, yeah, yeah, the rubber yeah. band. But. Garrett does play with that confidence. And he thinks he's better than everybody, well, that's and great. that's great to have. You have to be narcissistic. You have to be confident to be a, a, a top-notch quarterback. I, but, but, you but, would know. You I, would know I, that. I, I know. Now, you got to control your narcissism, uh, but you still got to think, like, you're the best or I can get it done. And uh, always looking at the glass, half full instead of half empty. And uh, so it didn't work out today. It's going to work out tomorrow. 
you have to have that attitude or you're going to be, what was me? You can't be like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. And like, oh, no, what's going on? All that. No, you have to be positive going forward. And, Mike, speaking of being positive, I saved this tidbit to show you because I like champions. I like winners. If you were, uh, like, a tattoo expert and you live in Argentina. Okay, let me bring this up. The Argentines have tattoo fever following the World Cup. Argentina, like I said, the tattoo fever is over the chart. Their victory in the World Cup tournament in, uh, in Qatar has suddenly meant that many tattoo artists across the country are fully booked. They don't have enough hours in the day. Everybody wants a damn tattoo. But Argentina winning the World Cup. They are working overtime right now with designs that often include a superstar Lionel Messi holding the trophy and the three stars that allude to the number of times that Argentina has won the global soccer competition. Uh, the phenomenon, if you look at it, is particularly pronounced among those who are younger than 30. Yeah. You know, if you've been exposed, okay, I've seen them win a championship before, but I'm younger than 30. Well, I haven't witnessed this. I, I want to be a part of history. So if you look at that, they've never seen Argentina, their national team, win a World Cup. Because previously, they won the most important trophy, which is the world sport. They won it in 1978 and 1986. So they just won it. So now they're getting a, a, a Messi, the world's greatest player, wins the World Cup. And then all of a sudden, the three stars sending the th uh, singling the three world championships. You, you wouldn't believe you go to Argentina, you might see a bunch of those damn tattoos. <laughs> and, and, and the tattoo artists can't even keep up uh, with the young uh, public ones that are 30 and under. On that note, we'll be back to finish it up here on a special edition of Sports Talk Live at Rouse's Markets, 701 Barone in the CBD. We'll be back here on the Big 870. We're finishing up here on our three-hour special here, Sports Talk, live at Rouse's Markets, 701 Barone in the CBD, brought to you by Evermore. Shop Rouse's Markets. Uh, they, they are the official supermarket of the Saints and all uh, for your New Year and bowl game parties. Bob finally, Michigan got on the board. They could not score a touchdown. So uh, with about almost a little less than 14 minutes left in the second quarter, um, TCU has a 14-3 lead over the Wolverines. And this is the exact type game Sonny Dykes would like to play to pull out an upset to force them into kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns and, you know, TCU scoring touchdowns. So 14 to three and TCU's defense, man, that has been the surprise yes. uh, today, making big plays from, because you well, know they're going to score points, well, the, but they're the, slowing down that Michigan and, offense. And the only thing I can tell you, Mike, uh, there's still a lot of time left in the second quarter. Yeah, a little less than 14 oh, okay. minutes. I remember... And I'm watching, we all watch this, Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> Wasn't Ohio State taking care of business in that first half? Kind of around like this. Then and then they sudden, got hit with the tsunami. Then, uh, the, 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 and then Michigan squashed them, right? <laughs> they, now, got, now. they started so, running the football, a so few big plays me, in the passing me, game. To me, the key is going to be, Mike, I'm not worried about TCU's offense. It's going to be what is TCU. I don't know if TCU's defense the, can hold up. Right, right. That, that's that's going to be the key. I, I do know one thing. 
Harbaugh is going to want to play small ball. He's going to want to run the football. But they're putting, Bob, nine men up on the line of scrimmage saying, if you're going to throw it, let McCarthy be the guy to do it. We ain't letting you run it. Force McCarthy uh, to make the plays like he did against Ohio State. Now, if McCarthy's worth his salt, let me tell you. We'll see. Can he do it again? No, no. And you know what, Mike? And you should be able to have success. Now, your receiver's got to win. It's one-on-one coverage. You know, you know what, 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 what I was disappointed in, if you, like Ohio State fan, or you trust them, man, if it's one-on-one, that secondary Ohio State got burned by Michigan. They That's sure what, did. Okay, if you're on an island and you're a TCU defensive back, you cannot get burned. And, Bob, uh, the, the worst scenario, tip pass, Michigan comes up with the turnover. No, that, that's why. That's and a, that's so that's why it ain't over till it's no, over. It ain't, it ain't over till it's over. And then now UT, uh, TCU's defense needs to respond. And, uh, we want to thank everybody here at Rouse's, Marcy Nathan, and everybody here at Rouse. Great hospitality to host us here today uh, on our special WWL Talk Live. Uh, at Rouse's Markets, and uh, man, it's great. So if you're in the area, you need food, you need party supplies, hey, come on down to Rouse's. Bob would be a great situation uh, coming up. I think the Saints are going to cover tomorrow, Mike. Uh, okay. I, I think there's six and a half points. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking 24 to 20. You might think I'm crazy. Let me see what I wrote down. I'm going to tell you why. Well, I'm do saying. it quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be like 24, 20, 26, okay. 21. They're not going to win, but they're going to cover. If you take the point, the Saints are going to cover. I think the Saints are going to hang in there. End it for us today, Bob. All right, bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints! Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.